Hello, it is Friday, July 16th, and you are listening to the Pat McAfee Show 2.0. Pat joins the show today from down in Houston as he prepares for Friday night SmackDown on Fox tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time in front of a live audience. AJ Hawk guest hosts the show today in studio. Plus Trey Boom Boom Mancini, the United States Olympic basketball team. Tom Brady playing the whole year on a torn MCL and much more. Today's a fun one. Be a friend, tell a friend. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome. Obviously, I am not Pat McAfee. It's AJ Hawk sitting in for Pat. He is down in Houston about to uh, commentate for SmackDown, a couple pay- a pay-per-view, I believe, on Sunday. And I talked right over the spot that Pat <laughs> never speaks over, oh, yeah. so... That was for you, Pat. I know you're probably watching down in your hotel. We will bring you in in a minute, but I made the trek over here to India. I hope I'm looking at the right camera, right? Right? You're COVID good. Cowboy. Yeah. Yep. But obviously, Ty Schmidt is here. Gumpy is here. COVID Cowboy has a big softball game tomorrow, right? Thank you. You go to the cages yeah. yet? Probably going to get rained out, so it's going to be awesome. Oh, seven no. Seven hours home. Going to get rained out. I'll drive back. Let's have like a seven-hour delay, and yeah. then we'll get to you. Obviously, Foxy's in the back. Nick Marauder. Jay McIntyre. I think uh, Billy <laughs> Tubes is back there. <laughs> McIntyre. <laughs> I think you should change it to Mac- McIntyre because Pat's trying to claim the number one McAfee, you know, after, was it John? Yep, yeah. John McAfee. Like I said, I enjoy being the bottom rung of the McAfee family. I don't mind, you know. I'll, I'll stay McAfee. Hey, I think you're top rung of the McIntyre family <laughs> the and the McAfee sure. family. Yeah. But you know what? Let's not wait around because I know Pat's about to get kicked out of his room down in Houston. He cannot get the late checkout. So, Foxy, if we can cut it down to Houston hotel room with Pat and I believe Connor is with him, correct? Oh, hey, boys. Hey. Show's going great. You know, open about, what, five to ten seconds late there, Fox. Uh, AJ, right through the beat drop, you're wearing a suit. Okay, you look good. And Jason McIntyre is a human in the sports media world already. Okay, don't need to do that to my brother. Connor, you look fantastic. Thanks, Pat. You know what? You look great, too. No, you look no, good. No, no, no. You look good. Not as good as AJ Hawk oh, wearing a full suit. Come on, that guy today. Are you kidding me? Is that every day now? It has to be. Oh, are you wearing suits every day now, AJ? You look amazing. Thank you for doing what you're doing. Houston's hot. We're having a great time, and we are going to get kicked out of our hotel, so we can't wait to watch and listen as we can here, bub. Well, I tell you what is hot is this studio. I don't know if you can see me <laughs> profusely sweating. It is blazing down here. It's usually like 48 degrees. Pat keeps these like Letterman. He's got to keep the studio nice and cool so he can really, his brain works the best, but... I'll tell you what, it's about 95 in here when it comes to me. I don't know how you guys feel. I mean, I feel okay. AJ was pitting out early before he even walked into the studio. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. It's hot in the kitchen, AJ. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it's something about, it's hot in the kitchen. It's something about when you to. wear, uh, when I wear dress clothes, I wear something nice, I instantly just start sweating. There's something like mentally that I got to find a way to get over, right? Well, normally when you dress up, you have to go to an event that is going to be absolutely fucking terrible. (laughs) So I think that is kind of the mental part of it all. You know, like, okay, not only do I have to wear this Klan suit that is too hot. All right. Not only do I have to wear this Amish thing around my neck to make people think that I am more professional than they are looking like a stooge in a clan (laughs) but the uh what i'm saying is i think it's not just the physical thing you're wearing i think it's also the mental thought why are you dressed like that i think you are doing an incredible service to that desk you're making it look professional everything like that desk is awful this is getting it's getting tighter and tighter like i was here how many months ago uh, four maybe. I, I walked in and the first thing I said to everybody, "Are you serious? This desk, like, it's getting worse. There's less and less room to even move. Like, I, if I end up knocking all these sheets down, please don't be upset, Pat, because it may happen. It's already about to topple because you have seven thousand sheets right here, along with everything else in well, the world. Hey, that's your guess? Is that your guess? Because we do have a giveaway <laughs> yeah. going on with those sheets. Oh. It's seven thousand. You're the one who has an eye on it. You know, everybody on the internet is wondering how many sheets are in there. The I will say that desk, and the boys will attest to this back there, and since Connor's here with me, I guess he could do it. Yeah, Connor can. can pop in. Of course. I've even said that that desk has become, are you okay? I need Jesus. a towel. I need a towel. <laughs> towel. Yeah. Take yeah. the suit off, dude. No you, way, you, man. I'm you professional. Huh? I'm professional. I'm trying to bring some class to this studio, to this seat. You know, oh, you got to figure it out. This guy. Out of here. This guy. Come on. 
Ty, we'll this guy. what is going on? You know, you've gotten a chance to meet Green Bay Packer folklore. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, all-time leading tackler, all-time leading passer. I think, Ty, you're, you've been a great owner of the Packers. Has, Thank has you. It? Absolutely. Thank you. I'm sitting here, by the way, because the camera, whenever it splits, I got, you know, we got full couch, but I can't. And it's also nice to be next to this guy. But Ty, when AJ walks in and says, this studio, this office is normally despicable. I need to clean it up a little bit and puts that full clown suit on and walks in there. What are your immediate thoughts about a hero, a guy that you probably had a poster of up in the bedroom whenever you were growing up? Yeah, had the fat head. I mean, it hurts, obviously. I mean, you know, I, I, I've come to know AJ, you know, pretty decently over the, the last, what, two years, three years or whatever. But, I mean, it was, a, it was a cheap shot. There's no question about it. Luckily, he has not pissed on the floor yet, <laughs> we which we know he loves doing that every time he comes here. So I think that'll kind of be like the final you know, knife in the back if that is to happen today. I mean, absolute blasphemy, Pat. You know that. Whoever did piss all over Watch your floor, that. it was not hey. me. What? Watch that saber sword. Careful. Dude. Why do you have this? For the, for the serious yeah, listeners, I know you, Pat doesn't refer to you very often. I'm holding a big old <laughs> scepter, I believe they call it, that he had tucked away in the corner of his office. I will say, serious listeners, I appreciate you every day, even more so today. But to be completely candid, we make all of our money and all of our reference points are often numbers that do not involve you because Sirius gives us no numbers at all. So I'm not saying personally it is a zero, but every business move that is made, the serious number is at zero. So we have no idea if people actually listen. But what AJ is holding is a sword straight out of Game of Thrones, I think. Zito oh, bought yeah. that at an auction mm-hmm. straight out of Game of Thrones. It was a gift to me, and now you're mocking it, obviously. It was real? Whenever. Wait, this is real? Like, this was used in the show? On set, yeah. Yeah, by the Dothraki. They oh, actually I severed a head with that. <laughs> it was about as realistic as the guy that uh, they said was Aaron Rodgers on that episode, where he was running all duck-footed. Hey, he was running. To the- <laughs> <laughs> that was the best part of that whole thing. Do we know where he was? Has he ever said it? I know we asked him, and he got mad at a lot of people that thought that that unathletic looking some bitch that went into the alley and then died was him. But did we ever find out where he was? We never did. I mean, he he tried to tell us where he was, I guess, but I don't know. Like, I have no clue where he was. Like, what did what he else do? Does he tell? Is there any Connor, behind the has scenes? Aaron told? Has Aaron told you anything? Aaron hasn't really talked to me lately. I did call him <laughs> last night just to kind of check in. Hey, Aaron, we're in Houston. It's great down here. Good I don't guy. know what you're thinking about Good Texas, guy. but it's great. You Good know, guy. I was just hoping he was doing well, really. Yeah, so he doesn't really talk to you much. How about you, guy wearing a suit, hosting a sports show? Have you heard anything from this guy? You're breaking news. You're on Get Up. Okay. Oh. AJ Hawk says, da 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 da. You were on Colin Cowherd's show yesterday. He didn't give us credit, but he did give you credit. You might have mm-hmm. said it on his show, to be honest, because you have been saying the same thing this entire time, and it's just getting recycled as breaking news. Do we know it is today today? Is this why? Did you put the suit on <laughs> because you're breaking big time news today? You wanted to be professional? Big J, maybe get a raise or a job somewhere else? Uh, no, I'm not looking for employment anywhere else, Pat. I'm very happy here. I, I love working oh, with you yeah! and the boys. Yeah. I absolutely. That's good news. I want nothing to do anywhere. I'm not looking for anything else. I, this is where I feel like my home is. So thank you and the boys for that. I don't have any yeah. information. Yes. Hey, welcome home, AJ. Thank you, AJ. Welcome good to home. be home, AJ. Good to be home. Did never thought at 37 looking at this stuff like this would be my home. This is where I found my broadcasting home. But you know what? I appreciate it, man. It's fun. This is. I, I think you're doing a great thing. Well, it says more about you than me. I want to let you know that that statement you last made there, you're trying to take a shot at me. You took a shot at the mirror, pal. But I will say we are lucky to have you alongside us whenever you decide to show up, which is most days, unless it is a minivan vacation across the country with Mm. the family, a Mm -hmm. trip to the beach, a golf outing, (laughs) whatever. You live your life. We are very thankful that more often than not, you drop in here and give us absolute gems and credibility on the defensive side of the ball and all that but you stepping up and hosting from indianapolis today and we're fucking with you because you do look ridiculous i have no idea what you're doing but i can't thank you enough for this aj and i think today's show is probably what are you doing a candle don't light anything on fire you hear me put the candle everything i just said i take back i I appreciate what you're doing if you burn that place down it's going to be a problem i'm just lighting the candle to create some good ambiance in here you really get a good it's already hot enough what are you adding flames for don't worry about i'd like to i'd like to see how i can handle some adversity so trying to make it a little bit warmer Hey, you're in Houston, Pat. Uh, any sightings of Jack Easterby? Are you going to have lunch? What are we doing? Cocktail hour, maybe? Okay. Fascinating you say that because 
I may or may not have a microphone to the entire arena tonight, I'm being told. And how am I not going to mention Jack Easterby? That is that is kind of because as soon as we got to town, we drove around Houston pretty dead, by the way. Yeah, I, really? It is a pretty dead downtown. This is early. We might not be. This is the business district, I believe, is how Zito described it. But there wasn't anybody on the streets, really, anywhere or anything. So we're trying to get some tips on who goes where and what. I guess when we get kicked out of the hotel here in a bit, we'll be able to do that. The only reference point I have for this city, though, is Crip Walking Jesus, pastor guy, Jack mm-hmm. Easterby. Yep. What a burger. Whoa, yeah, what? They went to Whataburger last night, shut down. And and other than that, I just know that it's the fourth largest city in America. It's beautiful. But this place is shut down. We haven't seen anybody, AJ. Is it? You mean shut down because of COVID? No, I think it's shut down because, like, so in Charlotte. You ever been to Charlotte, AJ? Yeah. So Charlotte shuts down, like, 6 o'clock. We played Mm. in the uh, Meineke Car Care Bowl down there against um, North Carolina Chase Rice, Hakeem Nixon, them. And what we realized is, aside from this one area, the rest of the city shut down at like 6 o'clock. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Houston, very similar. Whataburger shuts down at 2.30 p.m. It's 10 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. Just for people that are working, everything else shuts down. We might be in, I don't know if this is the whole city of Houston, but where we're at, dry. Yeah, it's definitely the financial area because when me and Zito were walking through earlier, there was a lot of people in suits like AJ walking around. (laughs) Not to mention there's a green tea shortage in the city at the moment. Not good. That fucked me up this morning. (laughs) What, your your Starbucks, they didn't have your gigantic uh, ice cream teas? Nope, not any of them. We went to one. They said, hey, try this place. Went to the other. This place said, hey, by the way, no Starbucks have green tea in this city. We don't got any of it. We had to find the Nucky Thompson of green tea. Couldn't fucking find them. Haven't nope. been in town long enough. But what I'm saying is I don't know enough about Houston. Haven't been able to learn enough since getting here because we haven't really run into anybody. My only reference point is Jack Easterby. So I hope I run into him or he's going to get quite a pop tonight, hopefully, in that arena. I don't know how they feel about him. We're going to learn quick. Hey, you know when Jack Easterby is is seawalking all over the place giving his his beautiful sermons, he looks like I don't know if you've ever had an MCL situation, Pat, but we we just caught news that Tom Brady played last season with a torn MCL, end up getting surgery to fix this after the year. Do you have any experience with this with MCLs? I think people get confused between MCL, ACL, PCL, all of this stuff. You only the ACL is really what gets talked about the most. What is this with the MCL? Do you have any idea? Okay, so AJ, I'm happy we're getting to talk about this because we're two dudes who probably have eight to nine knee surgeries combined between us. I don't know how many you had. How many did you have? Uh, I think five or six. Jesus. So I had four. So we got 10 knee surgeries between the two of us. So we happen to know a little bit about the knee. The good thing for me is none of the ligaments ever were damaged for me. And that's what the L's are at the end of the ACL, MCL, PCL, all this shit, right? So I never, I had meniscus issues and patella issues. And the meniscus is like uh, a surgery where they go in and it's, uh, what's it, arthroscopic? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Scope is what it's called. It's just mm-hmm. quick, though. They go in, they kind of clean it up, and then they go out. It's like it could be anywhere from four weeks to six weeks recovery because there isn't really any structural damage. When the ligaments are damaged, like the MCL, the PCL, the ACL, that's a big fucking deal. The MCL, I think, is the easiest to kind of get around. I'm not 100% sure. I don't know it well enough. And there are some people that don't need their ACLs. There are some people in the NHL that don't even have an ACL. And then there's some bodies that most bodies, as soon as the ACL is gone, you can't do anything so the ligaments are much different than everything else aj do you have any ligament structural damage or was yours mostly meniscus cleanup chipping and everything like that well it was all of that but it started with my pcl i told my pcl my senior year in high school that's what goes like front and back i guess and helps stabilize so i i was a punter i think i've told this in the show ran a fake punt my first game my senior year planted my right leg right at the first down marker dude went low blasted my knee straight back tore my pcl oh. so because hold on hold on aj what? Yeah. What other positions did you play? I played running back, linebacker, punter. Kicked off a little bit, but had to kick off once after a touchdown run. I was dead tired. I yanked that thing about 12 yards, but it went 60 rows deep out of bounds. <laughs> that's going to happen, and that's bad field position. That's not what you want at all. But did you get injured in any of those other positions? No, I don't think I did. Yeah, so my injury was when I was the punter. You're right. What a grueling, grueling position. I got hurt playing punter, too. Hey, listen, it happens to the best of us, but go on. I'm sorry I interrupted you there. Punter is a position you can get got. I think that gets forgotten about. But the PCL front to back, MCL is lateral, and then the ACL is through the middle. Is that what it is? Yeah, I think. I don't know exactly how the ACL – like, 
the MCL is inside, the LCL is outside, lateral, obviously. Yeah, ACL is the big one that you really need the most. I guess that you have to usually get fixed, even though you hear stories about people playing with torn ACLs. And for some some reason, some people can handle it more than others. Uh, but with Tom, I guess you can do – I've seen it. You, I'm sure you've been around guys, Pat, that play with a torn MCL. They do like a tape job. There's some special tape job to try to stabilize your knee as much as you possibly can. And then Tom wore a knee brace on top of that. Yeah, the stabilization also, I think there is a – yeah, I think the stabili- stabilization also takes away from the pain that potentially happens from a, a little bit of a bobble, not just like physical performance ability with the stabilization, but also I think keeping it tight is also getting away from some of the pain. I, he had to have a painful season. Let's not – this is not something – I do not want to undersell this. It is not cool to have anything torn in any part of your body – Rob Ninkovich, I think you mentioned this early, Connor. Rob Ninkovich talked about how the MCL, like, this is something that you can get around. He was more impressed with uh, whenever he busted open his thumb. When was that? That was uh, in the day before the AFC Championship when Rex Burkhead was taking a handoff. He busted open his thumb. He had to get stitches. They didn't know what was happening. He's throwing hand. He he still went out to play. So I'm not saying that Tom Brady isn't incredibly tough, and he's 40-plus years old dealing with all this, which makes it even more impressive. But there have been people in the past that have gone through full seasons, I think, with torn MCLs. It is not cool, the amount of management that has to be involved with that, especially with being a quarterback, being Tom Brady, learning a new system insane more more power to him but that was wild to hear and then he wins the fucking super bowl alex guerrero has to be like hey pliability we're pliable motherfuckers out winning super bowls and stuff new offenses new homes covid what don't what? give a damn give us a torn mcl we don't care eat avocado ice cream you in a goddamn super bowl that's pretty much what happened there aj hey Diggs, what about you i know you have a big game tomorrow any worry that you may stretch one of those mcls it's almost guaranteed. I'm not going to stretch at all because I figured that's not going to do anything at this point. I, um, I ain't never seen Secretariat stretch. Exactly. Al Harris hey, used to say that. Hey, you, think, you think those guys are greatest generation when they're running across the no. beaches in Normandy? They're worried about pulling fucking hamstrings? Absolutely you know, not. Brown's guy. Yeah, they won two not. world wars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Diggs, though, honestly, though, where's your head at? We're, we, I know we won't spend a bunch of time on it. I don't want to freak you out. The weather's going to be fine. Don't worry. It's not going to be a rain out. I know you're, you're quietly hoping for that. Maybe take some BP and then just call it a day. That's what you may hope. Where is your head at, though? Have you, have you been sleeping at night? Yeah, yeah. I feel really good. I feel like probably going to get team MVP if I had to take a guess. Here we go. I feel really good about the game, Age. I like oh, it. whoa, whoa, whoa. AJ, like yeah. he's saying there's no chance this game's played, huh? I don't know. What, is the weather going to get really bad here? I know it's raining now. You can see it on my jacket, some of the rain. It's like a sixty percent chance of rain tomorrow. Oh, then you're good. Forty percent is not. So you're, we're all Thank set. You. Don't worry. Have an opt. You know, look at it like hey, an optimist. Forty percent is a high percentage. Uh, so why did Diggs say he's going to be team MVP? Is this a whole new Diggs? Did you go to sleep last night and have a full trans? Because I thought he was saying that because he knew it was going to get rained out. Yeah. So then he can kind of do his whole thing. There's a chance this game happens and he thinks he's going to be team MVP. Let's go. This is a much different Diggs today. Well, you know me. I have to get every single side possible out into the air so that if one of them does happen i can say told you so really that's why the hammer down record is the way it is so much sense now don't drag oh, don't that you start. into the hammer down thing I'm, I'm just telling you what people would say i didn't say that i'm just saying as soon as that came out of your mouth digs i was like oh people are gonna say that's probably what's going on over there but i don't know that isn't that Pat, I'm okay with you saying it, but that parrot on your shoulder, if he says it, I'm going to be fucking pissed, okay? <laughs> this actual parrot? Yeah, what? yeah, that one. What are you talking about, Tony? <laughs> I think you're going to win the MVP too, dude. I'm locked in on you hitting eight dingers on Saturday, you brother. That, you with that sell the Buckos team shirt on with him sitting on your shoulder like that <laughs> is the best. Well, that's what we are, dude. We're the pops, bro. Me, dude. <laughs> Is that, a, hey, is that a shirt you sell that you're wearing? Yeah, for the time being, I think this one will get cease and desisted pretty quick. We Wait, will they come at you for that? I assume. Yeah. <laughs> they got bigger I mean, We problems. haven't really marketed it much, but if you find it, you get it. And our store is, I mean, you got to have good 
day and a half or so to scroll through that thing to find this. So <laughs> if somebody finds this, they can definitely buy it. Yeah, I don't know how long it's going to last, but we have a couple others we're, we're ready to get sued for, too, pretty soon. Oh, They're yeah. kind of sitting in the chamber. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm curious with Connor, though. I know, Connor, you're a you diehard Patriots fan. With Tom Brady, you hear this news about the MCL and how he played through it and everything. <laughs> are you excited? Are you saying, hey, that's just Tom being Tom? Do you think it's overblown? Like, wh- where are you on this? I mean, I don't know, Hawk. You think I'm happy that Tom Brady's legend grows more as he's a Buccaneer? Like, what do you think should this be. is? No, you should I'm be happy, happy Connor. About it. Foxy's rooting for Matthew Stafford out with the Rams. Like, I assume yeah, you're rooting for Tom Brady. He's, he's never witnessed a the Super Bowl. He's never witnessed an AFC championship. <laughs> he doesn't know anything about falling from the top of the mountain, Hawk. So, no, I'm not happy about it. But, hey, you got to respect it. It's cool as hell. He does – I mean, the laceration, definitely much more difficult than the MCL. I'll say it. I know he's thinking it. So, I mean, at the end of the day, the legend grows. Unfortunately, it's with the Buccaneers. Connor. What are you going to do? Say la vie. That's life, Hawk. How, how about hey, being man. happy for the guy? How about being thankful for the guy for what he did for your happiness Yeah, Detroit stinks, up. though. Like, yeah, that's you wouldn't thing. get it. You wouldn't get yeah, it, Foxy. Uh, 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 what the thing is, and, uh, no, you can stay. You can stay. <laughs> I, I think the thing about it, Foxy, is like Detroit, you guys didn't win anything. Yeah, you guys didn't win anything with I'm still so thankful. You, I'm still thankful for the guy. He yeah, but you'll be happy for him when he goes on and wins because people will always say he was at Detroit. He was at Detroit for so long and then he finally went on to win. What he's talking about is Tom's legend is just continuing to grow in Tampa. And as somebody that watched a guy get cut and then go to another place, have success, legend grow more, now he has become the face of that city, and you only see him in that uniform. And I'm talking about Peyton Manning right now. That mm-hmm. happened to Peyton Manning. And, I mean, Tom, that's the only close comp that yes. they have in New England is the Peyton situation as of relevancy. That's what he's talking about. So I understand. I think we all understand why you're happy for Matthew Stafford mm. to have a little bit of success. You know, <laughs> a little guy threw for 400 yards a game and like lost. Somehow. Still went four and 12. How do they lose? But I think what he's worried about is Tom never being remembered as a Patriot ever. Fair enough. I mean, I guess I think Bruce Arians doesn't get enough credit for how he's handled the whole Tom Brady situation. Now he made it all about Tom. Like, Hey, we're doing whatever Tom wants to do. Yeah, he was publicly, he would criticize him early on, especially if he made bad throws or things didn't happen. But then he also, like, all he did was pump Tom up and take his ego out of it. And I think some people need to, if you look around the league, if you know that, like, hey, we're it's a quarterback-driven league. If we have a guy that is possibly the GOAT, let's just let him have the reins. This is what we're doing here. And I think B.A. deserves more credit for that. Uh, and you might be speaking for a guy you were jumping off docks with there just a second ago, but I think what happened in Tampa with Tom and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, with what Tom came out and said, like, oh, it's nice to know that there's another way of doing things. Every quarterback that was potentially in a situation that they were not exactly thrilled with, that saw what was going on with Patrick Mahomes, that even saw what was going on with Jared Goff and the Rams before they paid Goff and they were loading everybody up around him, that caused a ripple effect around the NFL that I think we will have to – you know, kind of see the fallout from for the next couple of years. Russell Wilson, what? time to Sean Watson. Who what? knows what's going to happen there? Obviously, with his legalities, we'll check in. I get we'll have our boots on the ground. Yeah. We got our boots on the ground to find out how that whole thing's going. <laughs> Hopefully, justice is served one way or the other there. And then, obviously, with Aaron and every it's everybody saw what happened with Tom. Now, could have done this when Peyton went to Denver and they gave him the entire keys to the fucking building, the offense the city, the everything, you know what I mean? But I think with Tom happening here and how everybody knew how New England was with Bill and how they had success and then also seeing success when a an entire organization buys in around your quarterback, I mean, it is – we're going to see that, AJ, to your point. I think we're going to see it continue to go like, hey, we got a guy. We should take care of him. If not, he should – very justfully so be i'm out of here i won't go somewhere else it it seems like it's turning more towards like the nba where the stars have the power and you know like hey we're gonna craft it around them there's only a couple though like nba there's what one two guys every team and some teams have three to four i mean really there's only like four guys five guys in the league okay so like what pat mahomes aaron Rodgers, tom brady who else Russ. russ russ is up there well, and who knows what's going on in this city, Deshaun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If he, you know, because Deshaun, before the very, very, very widespread, I mean, that was 
that was huge. But before that, the amount of stats that were coming out about what he led the league in and how he did and everything like that, I think he was a guy without all the legal issues that are definitely severe and definitely deserve some real attention. Without that, I think he's potentially one of those guys. But I think there's only like four or five, five, maybe six at the most at any given time. Don't you, AJ? Yeah, I think you're, you're right. And I'm going back to the show yesterday. We had Ian Rappaport on. Remember, Ian said – he seemed pretty confident that Deshaun was going to play this year. And I don't know if he said play for the Texans, but he felt he seemed pretty confident. And I was like, I don't know, man. What we two weeks out barely, and we have heard nothing from either side. So how could he feel confident that Deshaun's going to play this year? Yeah, what's that all about? And we pressed him a little bit. Like, have you heard anything? He was like, no, I just, you know, with this. And he's starting to post again. And Mula Gates is putting photos of him up there. And he's saying he's going to play. I was... I was very startled by that. I'm like, how? Like, this has to be the fastest interstate lawsuit proceedings in the history, yeah. then, if that's going to happen. And I don't think Roger Goodell necessarily – he said a suspension or whatever. Well, a suspension can't happen until they know what happens, right? And that maybe in the past uh, they would have just kind of done their own due diligence. But then the Ray Rice situation happens and other situations happen where more evidence kind of gets overturned later and later. And the NFL kind of ends up holding their, you know, their shit in their hand almost at that thing. I don't think Roger Goodell wants to do that again. This is a very, I don't know, whatever Ian's saying has to be coming from a place that knows more than the rest of us, right? Has to, AJ. Yeah, I mean, Ian is... He is dialed in. With, he has his, his ear to the ground with every agent out there, every somebody in every front office, players. He has a ton of sources. So, yeah, there's stuff going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. Eventually, I guess we will, but they better take care of it quick. I mean, the season's starting soon. When you think of all these situations, what's Aaron going to do in Green Bay? What's Houston going to do with the quarterback position? Hey, we have deadlines coming, so something has to happen now. He said multiple teams are still interested in him too, right? And there's no way a team would be willing to trade for him unless they had assurances that like, he wasn't either going to wind up on the commissioner's exempt list. Like, they, they would need to know, like, hey, this is all going to go away and he's going to be able to play the first game, right? He's on the commissioner's exempt list right now, right? I think so. I think he is. Which just means it's like, it's pending. Like it just means like, hey, we're checking things out. I guess right. And then Florio, and I think what you're saying, Doctor, I don't know, Doctor Florio, as Gumpy calls him. <laughs> hey Gump, hey Gump, U.S. last night put on show against oh, yeah. You got a guy in six one. I saw look that. Good man, Canada on Sunday night. That's the one to win the group. All right, hopefully we'll bring in our studs to put alongside that young bunch that can play. There's a couple guys on that team that stink, but we got a couple guys that are real good there. Congrats to all of them, by the way, getting national team appearances. That was my dream as a child. So congrats to all of them getting a chance to play and put on a performance. But what I think Florio put out something that there should be. I don't know if it was about him or somebody else, but it's real. This was happening with Antonio Brown. We never really heard from Goodell on what his thoughts were, and I think Goodell was legitimately waiting for the off-the-field stuff to get settled, and then he made his announcement, and there was really no communication, so nobody knew what was going to happen. Was he going to get suspended? Was he going to get this? And then once there was a little bit of clarity on the situation, then teams got interested, then the Buccaneers got interested. With Deshaun, like, will the commissioner have to say something and come out and say, like, this is where we're at. He won't be able to do this. We're still investigating. There's still a lot to go through, so we don't know how many games we should suspend him. He's on the exemption list. Like how I don't I just don't know how that all happens in three weeks. I don't know how that all happens in three weeks, especially with everything else going on in the world, especially the Delta Strain. In an SI article from two days ago, it says the league could place him on a commissioner exempt list. So they have not yet. Okay, but so if, you, if you're if you're the Eagles or the Dolphins, if he's out this year and you get to see what Tua and Jalen Hurts are, that's almost better. Then you can make a trade if he if he does in fact not play this year. Yeah, but then what happens if mid season? Right. Uh, also, if they stink, then then there's no credibility for or trade value to them. Sure. Well, I guess. Hey. Pat, Connor, I need you guys to, to pipe down for a quick second. We're going to take our first break of the show when we get back. I don't know if you've heard this, Pat. There's there's some uh, some absolute stud former players that are talking about what they would do in the current NFL, and they have they think their numbers would 
skyrocket. So we may chat about that a little bit afterwards. We'll jump out to the five-hour energy uh, phone line. Don't call it a hotline, right, Pat? Phone line. No, hotline something else. Hotline means you're definitely getting through. Phone line means maybe. Yeah, we're waiting for that five-hour, or we're waiting for the, the hotline sponsor to step up, <laughs> step to the table. So if you're out there and you want to sponsor the hotline, we're available, right? Uh, yeah, but it, I mean... Not for nothing. Five Hour Energy's paid a lot of fucking money to get on this. No, Five Hour Energy's just, great. We we love them. They may even take we over love the hotline. <laughs> they may take over the hotline soon, but we'll be right back. Pat, we'll chat about some of that. We're also saying, talk like, about the, we, talk hey, to some callers. Not, hey, listen, AJ, you can't come on this show wearing that suit, swinging around the unduffable the way you are, oh, yeah. and then just start selling <laughs> stuff. That, that is not. Listen. Trying to bring some revenue, some more revenue. I know you have a ton coming in, but hey, you can always don't have more. need it. Don't want it. Don't want it unless it's the right people. You know, we don't want to oversell this thing and work with people we hate. But AJ, I'll tell you what. With the way you look, I think this guy can get a billion dollar deal done for a thousand percent. He I might think, be on Wall Street tomorrow. Oh my god, I didn't even think about it. Is this the wolf of sports talk right here? Oh my god, AJ, thank you, man. Do all the selling you want, pal. We have some big news for you. Yeah. Your favorite men's healthcare brand, Roman, is now available at Walmart. Roman's Ooh. non-prescription products have got you covered with everything from sexual health. What? Aaron, you're about to get back in the game, by the way. Yeah, Let's yeah. go. Should send him some. We should. At, or just send them to Walmart because it's available yeah. there. Roman oh, and yeah. Walmart. Mm-hmm. Everything from sexual health to everyday health. Your well-being is important and taking care of it should be simple. Now you can add to cart in real life. Ooh. Roman now available at Walmart. We're in your area. Let's go take care of it. And also, special. Roman condoms are new and exclusive to Walmart. You won't find them anywhere else. Designed ultra thin, lubricated for pleasure, and FDA cleared because safe is sexy. Hell yeah. Roman swipes are an easy, discreet way to delay ejaculation and increase sexual stamina. They're fast acting and your partner will enjoy them too because there's no passed along desensitization if you use it as intended. Longer, better sex with Roman swipes. Roman condoms keep you safe. And also, they got testosterone supplements. They got hair supplements. Roman has everything to make you the best you possible. Visit your local Walmart store today and check out Roman's line of men healthcare products. All clinically tested, make you best you possible. Welcome back. This is hour two of the Pat McAfee Show, Friday, July 16th. I'm AJ Hawk sitting in for Pat. We're on this camera right now, guys. This one right here, Diggs. You're changing it up on me. You know what? Sorry, AJ. I like it. I can adapt at any time. Don't worry about it, Foxy. But you know what's great? Something I really like, Foxy. What's that? What about you, Dick? What about you, Ty? What do you like, What's AJ? CBDMD. Oh, you guys like it? Oh, the best. You guys both like made it. Come on. Yeah, it's the best. Hey, you know the Suns and Bucks both made the finals. College yeah. play- players are legally cashing checks, and the oh, Lightning yeah. won the cup by circumventing the salary cap. Big words in on the read. Oh, I'm glad Pat's hey. not here today. But by far the most exciting thing that's happened over the past couple of weeks was the release of CBDMD's brand new limited edition coconut flavored tincture. Oh, Hell yeah. Oh, nom, 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 nom. Gumpy, your beard lineup is off the charts. Unbelievable the symmetry you have between both sides. I'm very impressed by it. But I hope you do know this coconut tincture will only be here for the summer. So you and your beard better jump on it while you can because we're running out, man. It's going to be fall. Football starting in no time. So the limited edition coconut flavored tincture, it's brand new. And for the past couple of weeks, I guess people have been just talking about it. Oh, yeah, nonstop. Like, hey, I can't go anywhere. I can't walk down the street without hearing people talk about it. Hey, try that coconut. (laughs) Exactly. I think I heard that walking across the street Uh, here today. I parked across the street. But you know what? To make it even easier, try everything CBDMD has to offer. Make this the summer of you. They're giving away. They're giving you. 25% 25% off your next order 25%. when you use the promo code McAfee. That's M-C-A-F-E-E at checkout. Once again, CBDMD.com, promo code McAfee for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD products from CBDMD. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So we're going to transition right next to our first guest of the day who has really taken the world by storm. This guy, if anyone watched the Home Run Derby, if they've been watching baseball, the Orioles, this guy can do it all. He's fun to watch. We can't wait to talk to him. So, ladies and gentlemen, Trey Boom Boom Mancini. Yeah! Hello, guys. How you doing, man? Are we allowed to call you Boom Boom, or is it Boomer now? Like, what, what is it? Where are we with this? 
whatever whatever you guys want, either one. Um, you know, all my college teammates from Notre Dame call me Boomer, but um, yeah, the real nickname started as Boom Boom. So whatever one you guys like better, um, I'm cool with. Hey, either way, man, you keep uh, you keep hitting dingers. We are fans. <laughs> you can go by whatever you want, but I want to get to that. Your so your your pitcher, your, the guy who pitched to you, Ristano, right? That's his name. Yeah, Chuck Ristano. So Notre Dame coach, you played at Notre Dame, you played baseball there. When you made the call to him, when you let him know that he was going to pitch for you, like how excited was he? I would be pumped. I would also be nervous too because I want to throw you strikes. Yeah, he was uh, He was completely taken aback. He was at a loss for words. He um, was on the verge of tears. He was on a recruiting trip in the Atlanta area, and I called him about 20 minutes before my game. We were playing the Blue Jays in Buffalo. And um, and I found out that I was going to be in the home run derby, and I was like, I have to call him right now um, and, and let him know. And um, yeah, I, I called him and I, I said, you know, you know how I, I told you when we were at Notre Dame that if I was ever in the major league home run derby, you could throw to me. Um, you know, I, I was kind of joking at the time when I said that to him, but. I kept my promise and, and I said, you know, let's do it, man. And, and he just couldn't believe it. He was so excited. And, um, you know, he got he got to practicing right away. So how was like how many home run derby type things have you taken part of in, in your your young career? You're still such a young guy. Like, is this is it completely foreign to you to just try to hit dingers on every single shot when everybody's watching in the world? It was strange. Uh, so my last round of every day, like maybe I'll try to drive the ball a little more, but I'm not necessarily trying to hit home runs either. So it was, um, yeah, it was bizarre having the whole world watching you. There's no other sporting events really on whenever the home run derby is, but I try not to think about that too much either. Um, but it was strange watching the world take you, watch you take batting practice. It was, um, it was crazy. It, it had to be exciting all at the same time, and, and you're facing off against a guy like Pete Alonso, who seems like. I mean, with all due respect, like an absolute maniac. Like Aaron Rodgers describes Bryson DeChambeau as a maniac in a positive way. Like, hey, it's a good thing. That's why he is so good. He seems like a complete maniac, and he was dialed in. Like, was he like that the the first time you saw him at the ballpark that night? He was dialed in. Uh, yeah, like you said, uh, he was pretty focused. I mean, he he loves the home run derby. He puts on an incredible show out there, and um, it was fun to watch. Just, you know, I was just watching him like I was a fan, and. He seemed to be the only guy that didn't really get too tired either. That's what I was most impressed with. In the last bonus round in the finals, I was completely gassed. I had absolutely nothing left. I I hit five homers in it, but it, it really took everything out of me. And he goes up there and hits six in a row to start his bonus round to win it. And um, it, it was impressive. I couldn't believe it. Now, with your, your swing, though, moving forward, there's always people always worry about that. Oh, is it going to mess my swing up for the year? I know there's some guys who thought it might get them back into the groove, like if they do home run derby, kind of get them back into feeling good back out when they start playing again when they're on the field. But for you, is there any worry that it's going to mess up your swing for the season? Uh, going into the home run derby, my swing wasn't actually feeling too good. I had a pretty tough June and um, you know, had felt a little – weird at times so if anything you know i don't think it could have messed up my swing that much more so <laughs> that was my thought going into it um it's nothing i thought about too much if anything it was just such a cool experience and such an adrenaline rush and such an amazing night that um you know i think it actually gives me a little bit of confidence moving forward in the second half of the season Ty schmidt's got something trey you said it was uh you know like kind of awkward having everyone watch you so obviously you haven't done this a bunch but did you feel anything different with otani out there like did it almost feel bigger than it normally would or like what was uh kind of like the the surrounding um like circus around him yeah, so he was the last guy to hit in the first round, and it was a little bit different. So everybody obviously, you know, cheered really loud whenever he got announced, but then the stadium fell completely silent, and everybody got out their phones to record him hitting, and, um, you know, all eyes were just completely locked in. It was just a strange silence that fell over the stadium once his round started. Um, he's just, you know taken baseball by storm look at what he's done i mean it is absolutely incredible and um i don't even know I, I know he's getting talked about a lot but i don't know if he even gets enough credit still for what he's doing being an elite pitcher being an elite hitter it's just absolutely incredible hey so uh trey we have the guy that's gonna ask you a question next oh, covid cowboy digs tomorrow he has a huge celeb softball game where he has top billing he's very very nervous is there any advice you could give him he's worried about striking out that's two or three true. times like what do you think he should do to calm down dude just swing for the fences every time as hard as you can you're, you're gonna you're bound to hit it at some point 
Thank Even you. if you strike out your first at bat, keep going, man. Thank you, Trey. Thank you. What Trey. do you got? He's got a question for you. you. What do you got, Diggs? Um, so I am a Pirates fan, and so I'm very used to them being sellers at the deadline. Now the Orioles, I assume, also probably going to be sellers at the deadline. Do you guys talk about that at all in the locker room? And with how well you've played and stuff like that, like is it in the back of your mind ever that you may be potentially one of those guys? It's something I don't think about too much, um, but yeah, like you said, I've, I've been a part of the Orioles for you know five years now, and especially in 2018, we had a really big sell-off at the deadline, and it was a strange day, because um, that's when a, a lot of the guys that had been in the organization for a long time got traded, so I, I have been a part of a big sell-off, and I've stayed every year, um, but it, it's still, you know it's a little strange and especially the closer it gets to July 31st you do think about it a little bit um because your life can change a lot you 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 know you're totally uprooted you have to find a new place to live you're playing for a new team so that's a little strange but um it's something that I try not to think about too much at all um you know I feel like I'm going to stay in Baltimore but um you know I I think it does creep into some people's minds for sure Hey, what's your relationship like with your, your manager and, and all the coaches on the staff? I ask this because there's such a difference and contrast between different different sports. Like, say, football. I played football. The coaching staff, everything – we only have 16 games in regular season, so everything is do or die. This is it. Like, this game, it all means this. And I go into the clubhouse before a baseball game. I understand 162 games. you got to be kind of casual. You have to kind of uh, pace yourself. Are the managers like how much are you interacting with your managers and your other coaches? Is there one coach that you kind of gravitate to? How does it work? Yeah, I've got a great relationship with our manager and all our coaches. Um, you know, they do such a great job every day. And like you said, it's 162 games. So, um, you know, you obviously want to go out and win every single game. That's your mindset every day. But at the same time, that doesn't happen for any team. So, um, yeah, it's maybe a little bit more of a relaxed feel, I'd say, than football where you play once a week. Um, So I'd say like one week of our games is kind of equivalent to another sports, um, you know, game. And um, our hitting coach, Don Long, is, um, you know, somebody who I'm extremely close with. He's been a huge influence on me throughout my career and, and, you know, helps keep me grounded and, and helps me keep my mindset where it needs to be. Gumpy? Yeah, boom, boom. Just to go back to the home run derby, in years past, they've done outs instead of the timer. Would you have preferred the outs or did you like how it was with it being timed and be able to have a timeout? I really like the timer um, as a fan, especially. I think it's a really cool format and it can come down to the wire. And it did come down to the wire a few times. I mean, we had Soto and Otani go into a swing off, which was really cool. So, um, you know, I think for TV purposes, sometimes it can be a lot. Uh, as far as you know trying to follow the ball and then the next pitch is coming in and things like that but I I think it's such a cool format and I really like it you know compared to having the 10 outs and then you know you hit however many home runs in between the outs so is it something like have you been able to watch the tv copy of the home run derby and you think it's do you think they'll make any tweaks next year because it's it's true (laughs) you guys are hitting so many so many bombs we can't really see how far they're going because you're already swinging on the next one yeah, I mean, I could see them maybe um, amending a couple things, maybe taking more time in between pitches, and then, you know, maybe they make it a four- or five-minute round, but you're not allowed to throw the next pitch until that one ball lands. Um, so there's a couple things they could do. I really liked it, but I'm not going to lie, I, I was exhausted. I was exhausted. I was expecting to not be able to walk the next day, and I somehow actually felt pretty good. So um, I, I feel very fortunate for that, but, um, you know, to solve that issue as far as, you know, balls just flying all over the place. Maybe you have to wait for the one to land before the next pitch comes. Diggs? Trey, where are uh, pitchers hiding the spider tack now that they're being checked every <laughs> orifice on their body? Where's the new place that they're putting it? Dude, they they are not able to hide it at all, it appears. Um, you know, the umpires are, are checking them basically everywhere. I saw, <laughs> I saw the first day that they were checking things. A couple pitchers were, like, pulling their pants mm-hmm. down. Um, you know, it was hilarious, but... Um, yeah, there's nowhere to hide it. It's a huge risk to take if you do try to hide it somewhere. The only thing I can think of is maybe their hair, if they have long hair. But um, even that is super risky, and it, it appears as though nobody is really using it now. Trey, when's the first time you heard of spider tech? This year. It, it's um, you know something I never thought about too much. I always knew that pitchers use some stuff to grip the ball. 
and things like that. And I didn't really have that much of an issue with it, to tell you the truth, um, until I realized what spider tag was and, you know, that weightlifters use it to, you know, carry boulders and things like that. <laughs> so um, I think it got a little bit out of hand. But at the same time, I don't really have a problem with them using something like sunscreen and rosin, for example. Um, it, it's nothing I thought about too much. I just I knew they did it and, and I was fine with it. But um, I just think it got a little bit out of hand. Um, but if they could somehow, you know, moving forward, let them use at least something. I don't know if sunscreen and rosin is it or something else, but maybe they should have some substance that maybe they can use to at least grip the ball a little better because the balls are very slick. What's up, Gunt? Yeah, Boom Boom, your teammate John Means, it's been cool to watch him grow, turn into probably one of the top pitchers in the league. How much has your team missed him, even just on the mound or in the clubhouse while he's been out? Yeah, we've missed him so much. I mean, John has just become a, a dude um, in the league. He's an ace. He's incredible. Um, you know, every time he pitches, you know you've got a very, very good shot to win the game. And, um, you know, every team needs somebody like that. And we really missed him. Um, his no-hitter earlier in the year yeah. was one of the most incredible days I've ever had at a baseball field and a memory that I'm always going to cherish. So I'm excited that he's about to join us, um, you know, after this series. He'll join us in Tampa um, next week. So I'm really, really happy to have him back. Uh, the uh – Celebrity softball MVP has another one for you. <laughs> Trey, you talked about how quiet the stadium got when Shohei went up to bat for uh, during the home run derby. But correct me if I'm wrong, you got a standing ovation during yours. I mean, how that had to be pretty fucking cool, right? Yeah, it was incredible. Um, you know, I, I I was so in the zone that I didn't even like soak it up enough. I think, but um, you know, I. I took the time out with two minutes and seven seconds left, which is not what I intended to do, but I couldn't get anything going. So I, I stepped out for a second. I was like, all right, you've got to get it together and at least put a respectable round together and not make yourself look like a total courtesy invite. Um, so I, you know, I got it together and Rastano was just on the money and, and luckily we put up a great rest of the round. So it was really cool after the round was over to hear the crowd and all the support. It was a memory that I'm always going to cherish. It was just amazing. <laughs> Did you have any moment before the home run derby where you thought, man, I can't go out here and get skunked. I got to hit a home. I got to at least hit one. Like you got to get on the board early. It, it did go through my mind. Like I knew that I was going to at least be able to hit, you know, a few homers, but you never really know what it's going to be like until you get out there. And, um, yeah, there are a couple things I was thinking, don't whiff at any pitches and then make sure you at least hit a few homers and make yourself look respectable. So, um, you know, luckily it went even better than I, than I anticipated. So it was really cool. Are you swinging all out on every pitch there? Like, is it, are you giving a hundred percent using all your energy? So I was at first, especially with the adrenaline um, pumping through me a little bit. And then after the timeout, I realized that I need to kind of calm it down a little and swing a little easier, reduce my effort level and almost take a second between every pitch. Um, and I think that's what Pete did so well. I think a lot of us were kind of like, you know, go, 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 swinging really hard. And Pete was never really in a hurry. And um, like I said, he oh, just, I, it didn't appear tired to me at all. Um, it was the one guy's of the a machine, isn't it? <laughs> the guy seems like an absolute machine, doesn't he? he? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I ran into a brick wall there. <laughs> hey, next year, though, I, I assume it's something you want to continue to do in the future? I would love to. Um, I think if I, you know, one of my biggest personal goals is, and it's kind of eluded me at this point, even though I've put up some good seasons, is I haven't made an all-star game. Um, and if if I if that happens, um, then I would be happy to do the home run derby again. But I think it would be under that condition that I, um, you know, be in the game as well. So, um, you know, that's a, a big goal of mine. So, you know, hopefully if that's the case, I'll, I'll be in it next year or, you know, in the future. That's awesome, man. Hey, we really, really appreciate your time. Good luck the rest of the season, the rest of your career. You'll be playing forever. We will be watching. Uh, you have an awesome story, obviously a good dude. So, ladies and gentlemen, Trey Boom Boom Mancini. Yeah! He's a good dude, right? Yeah, yeah awesome. for sure. Like, baseball players are, are fun. Like, baseball players, I don't know, I'm sure you guys know, when you look at the professional athletes in all different sports. Like baseball players seem to always be pretty relatable, yes. pretty down to earth and cool and chill and laid back, I feel like, especially compared to other professional sports. I was, you've obviously been in association with a lot more athletes than we have. Have you found that baseball players may be the most relatable? Or is there hockey more, as well? I was going to say baseball mm -hmm. and hockey. Cause it's also like your, how you came up. So 
baseball player, if you're a baseball player and you come up, yeah, you're you're grinding away. You're playing all these travel teams, or whatever. Even if you get drafted first round, you may grind it out yeah. in the minors for a couple of years. There's mm-hmm. no guarantees. It's so hard to make it. So when you do that, you're like living with host families, playing at a ball or whatever for a little bit. Football, you don't have that. You get drafted, mm-hmm. boom. You're you're you know, you're Trevor Lawrence. You're starting quarterback day one for the Jacksonville Jags. Mm-hmm. So you're always the man. And I think hockey's similar. Hockey, they all go play juniors and yeah. live with these host families. Like it's such a grind getting there. I think that makes them more relatable once they get there, actually. Staying relatable and stuff like that, too, is probably pretty tough and, like, staying positive like him. I mean, he's been on the Orioles. Like, they basically fucking stunk every year he's been there, you know, and that's a long season to just be losing and losing and losing (laughs) and traveling. Like, so to, like, remain optimistic. Groundhog Day. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's in a hotel in KC, you could tell. Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah. That's every day, pretty much. And, like, man – it's such a roller coaster when it comes to baseball of hitting like ups and downs and slumps. And even when you're playing great and you're hitting the ball as good as you can, like, cool. What are you hitting the ball? Three fifty during that time. <laughs> well, he just said that too. He was like, you know, I was hoping to find my swing a little bit. I had a really cold June. So like, hopefully, you know, me hitting a bunch of bombs will kind of straighten myself out going forward. So sorry to interrupt, but I want to let you know that if you're not gambling with FanDuel, you're wrong. Okay, FanDuel Sportsbook is available in uh, seven states, I believe, at this point. Uh, six, seven, eight. You get it. If you're not gambling with FanDuel Sportsbook, though, you're completely wrong. And if we're not in your state yet, we are coming to your state. We have better odds. We have a much easier to use app. The convenience is next level. The people at FanDuel actually refund people when they shouldn't refund people, giving back hundreds of millions and millions of dollars to their users. Users. FanDuel Sportsbook is the best sportsbook going for a lot of reasons, most of them what I just said. Uh, we are very thankful for our partnership with FanDuel, obviously. There are so many different ways to win. There's more things to bet on. Their boosts seem to always hit, which is just fucking themselves over time and time again. Uh, we love the hell out of FanDuel Sportsbook, and you will too. If you haven't used it yet, use it now. Nah. Also, there's fantasy on there, daily fantasy, and free-to-play games where you can win money. Shout out to FanDuel. Shout out to you. Let's get back to the show. I guess I know there's a thing out there. Foxy, I don't know if we have the graphic of the different jerseys that they're auctioning off for charity Uh, from the All-Star game. One second. We know they list all the players and everybody's jersey. First off, I'm shocked that they don't go for more than this. I think some of them are going for $1,500, $2,000, all of this stuff. And then... The old Shohei Otani. If you look for the bumps, okay, let's go. Up top, Fernando Tatis Jr., 2,500. Vlad Jr., 2,000, which I think is a travesty. He's the MVP. Low. Yeah, how is it that low? Like Jersey's it, ugly. I, I mean, an authentic True. jersey costs like $400 mm-hmm. to buy that they didn't wear, right? Yeah. And then you go all the way to the bottom, Shohei Otani. His jersey is at $111,000. $45,000 more than the next closest player, which who who is it? Like who's Who do you think is bidding on this? Ty? No, not a chance. I, mean, I might buy that fucking Judge jersey yeah, for eight sixty. You know, you How kidding? is eight sixty for Aaron There's Judge? No I don't way, know. Dude. Like you said, uh, I mean, if you buy like the replica All Star Game jersey, it's probably three hundred and fifty, four hundred yeah. bucks. Because those blue ones were, were ugly as fuck. You didn't True. like those, huh? And they had like it was like the, the white Hen- ones. I like it was like a lot. the Henley too. It wasn't the full button-down baseball, which we jersey. know you love. Yeah, you know, you cut all your Henley shirts guy. in Henley. That's AJ yes. Henley right. Hall. I do. I don't. I don't like that look though. When you look at them, they just look weird. It's not even like the throwback. Remember the throwback. Reds, like so. I'm. Oh, I grew the, Reds the, uh, fans. Yeah. The pullovers. Well, no, the Reds just had the gray pullovers, gray pants, mm-hmm. gray pullover, like Pete Rose days. Yeah. Yep. People hated them at the time, and now you look back, like, oh, that's pretty sweet when you see them as throwbacks. I think it's kind of cool. But remember when the Reds cut off, did the cut off sleeve jerseys? Yeah, yeah when they had Griffey, the gray <laughs> ones. Awesome. Was incredible. Dude. Pinstripes. Yeah. They should change. I mean, teams that baseball teams, especially if you're not winning, you should probably do things like that, like every two weeks. Baseball teams have so many jerseys, dude. And so they have. Many. They don't have rules like. When athletes, okay, so if you're in the NFL, they are very, very strict on your uniform. This is what your socks look like. This is what your wrist tape can't go higher than this. Your towel can only be this length. Baseball, I remember I took BP with the Brewers early on when I was in Green Bay, and I was asking those guys. I'm like, man, you can just wear whatever you want. Like, like, yeah, one day I'll wear, like, 4X pants. Next day I wear skin-tight pants and pull them up to my knees. Like, (laughs) they can do whatever they want, it seems like. And I'm like, don't you ever get fined? And they're like, well, I'm talking to a 10-year vet. He's like, no, I've never really been fined. I'll do whatever I want. 
That's your commission. That's Raj. That's Raj. That's you know what, boy. Raj? Thank you for holding us accountable, Raj. <laughs> thank you. Roger's holding everybody accountable. He wants it all to look good, look uniform, truly professional, a la me today yeah. in, the, in well, the jacket. What blew my mind, too, is that you guys, like, you don't, you have the merch, but you only are allowed to wear it at the facility. Like, you can't take, like, a Packers hoodie home. <laughs> Well, each team is different. That's team by team. You could, you just got to ask if That's you want to do that in Green Bay. There's no way. In Green Bay, they, I'd say I've said it a million times, they do things the right way. Like from everybody, Red Batty, is, he is famous as a, an equipment manager. I actually had people out in Tahoe when I was playing that know Red. Multiple people from different walks of life know Red Batty and T-Bone, all the great guys yeah, at Green Bay and the guys and, and gals that, that work there behind the scenes that people don't really hear from or hear about. They're awesome, but... Yeah, you don't want to be walking out with something if you didn't let them know. Don't take that Packers hoodie out, man. I I would not want to be caught doing that. Other teams, they're a little bit more lax when it comes to things like that, though. Are you guys, what, you're surprised to hear that? Yeah. Yeah? Well, it was probably much different coming from Ohio State, too, yeah. right? Where I assume you just oh, got fucking they geared you up left and, and right. I mean, now they do. I'm not joking. We used to cut holes in our gloves to get a new pair. So, like, <laughs> if you wear your gloves long enough, they start smelling like vinegar. Yep. They yeah. smell terrible. Goldie Awful. gloves. Yeah, and so... You could take them up to him, like, hey, I need a new pair of gloves. Like, no way, bud. No, I don't see any holes in them. (laughs) And so I'm like, are you serious? So you'd have to go get some scissors, make little holes in them, and then they would question you and say, you put these holes in. (laughs) No, absolutely not. But that was just so you're – because if you wear those gloves that smelled terrible that you've been wearing for like four weeks – Your hands. Your hands – Will not stop smelling like that forever. It's brutal. Did like, you have to wear like the Nike gloves, or could you wear cutters or whatever you want? Oh no, you gotta wear Nike. You can't wear cutters it's, when it's college, and, and Nike is paying seventy million dollars to for you guys to wear all their stuff. Yeah, that's why we couldn't spat. You can't do anything. You can't cover up anything because oh. there's they are real strict about that stuff. I'm surprised Nike didn't come out with a spat or something like that. Well, like, they don't care. Even like you used to be able in the NFL, you could spat your shoes, spat your cleats, and you, if you even like drew a swoosh on there you did something to let them know like they used to be able to get away with that you couldn't anymore because they want people to see the newest and latest shoes and their models of cleats what's up nick aj for a stooge like evan fox what does spat mean spat is when you so you have your cleats and you you tape around them. like a lot of times people will spat over their their cleat if they roll their ankle or something a lot of people do it for looks i did it my whole time because i wasn't with nike so i could spat and once i spatted from the beginning of my rookie year i'm like well i have to now just because it feels good so i wasn't going to go back um, it goes all. It's off of the old dress shoes, right? Mm-hmm. Are those dress shoes called spats or whatever with the white on top? It makes your shoe ver- feel very tight, like and it, it feels great. Yeah. You're locked in. And I never liked. I never taped my ankles, so I. I would. My spat was like elastic tape that I would do myself. So it was definitely not for support. It was just because I liked the way it felt and looked. A lot of people do it for support, though. I well, spat in the last turkey bowl I was in. I might do it tomorrow. You should spat for sure for your your uh, all star game. Probably will. I wasn't allowed to spat in high school, so I remember I got to my first, like, uh, this Ohio North-South game I played in, and I was so juiced to spat my cleats just for that game. <laughs> and then I couldn't do it again until I got to the NFL. But in baseball, you can do whatever the hell you yeah. want, apparently. Like, who was it? Uh, Mickey Tettleton? Remember he used to button? He had, like, four buttons <laughs> down. His damn Tettleton? His belly button was Mickey. sticking out. He had so many buttons <laughs> oh, down on his jersey. I mean, I was that Mickey? If we find a picture Pendleton. of Mickey. My Lord, AJ. No, Mickey Tettleton. Yeah, Mickey Tellson, all-time ledge. I Check can't him believe out. I mean, that was the most random fucking <laughs> His jersey, though, you remember certain things from a kid growing up. I, I think it was his jersey. Though. He, Are he you saying buttoned, he was on the Reds? No, he wasn't on the Reds, but he may have buttoned two buttons out of seven on his jersey. <laughs> his last year was 97. No, was I don't really? remember. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm old. I'm 37, but, I, but maybe I... Yeah, he had a he had a big impact on me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna take one call before we get to the uh, we get to a, a quick break here. But here we go. Let's go to Andrew in Wisconsin. If I can dial this guy up, Andrew, what's on your mind, bud? Hey, what is up, guys? Shout out to you guys for uh, always making me laugh. Shout out, shout, shout out. out, and uh, just wanted to talk about getting some better fucking national broadcasters for football like we have mlb local regional broadcasters you talking nfl or college or what what are you talking um mainly pro um you know you get the national guys that come in they see the team maybe once a week or once a season you got to get some more regional guys kind of like the radio um I'll, i'll mention some names i know aj will know about uh larry mccarran and and wayne larrabee yeah they're great um for the for the radio broadcast, I think we should get some more guys like that for national broadcast. Yeah, well, I appreciate the call. I mean, you you should, and those guys you mentioned are, are legends in Green Bay. But 
when you listen to a team's radio announcers, they are homers for yeah. that team. Yeah. They're cheering for that team. That's why it's fun to listen to. If you're, for some reason, listening to the game, you want to tune into your team's broadcast because they are with you. They're like they're living and dying on every play. We can't do that with the, nationals, the national team. Yeah. You can't have one that's diehard biased for one team. The rest yeah. of the country doesn't want to hear that. For, yeah. for this guy, like if you want, sync up your the radio broadcast with the TV. But most of the local radio broadcasts for the NFL game are like I'll listen to the Steelers one and, I, and they're great guys or whatever. But it's too Homer. Like I can't even listen to because it it's really? too Homer. Like I'll be watching. The player? There's usually a former player that does the uh, the color commentary for a long know? time forever. Um, it was Tunch. Tunch Ilkin, baby. Yeah, and he oh, he's recently Tunch. had some health issues, so I don't know if he's doing it anymore. How long he's gonna do it? But Tunch has been great for a long time. But they are very very Homer. Yeah, and well, they're supposed be. to be. They are, they should be, and it's hard for the national broadcast. That's why Joe Buck. He always says like everybody thinks Joe Buck hates their team, which he doesn't care about your team. Like he's not. I think about that. Joe Buck got a bad rap because of McCarver. Really? I think McCarver buried a lot of teams, and then once McCarver left, Joe Buck just took <laughs> it on the shins. I mean, it's a no win for those play by play guys. I feel like if if you're too excited for one team, then the other team obviously always thinks so. Hopefully, play-by-play people don't get worried about that and don't sit there and think about, oh, well, this fan base is going to be very upset if I show too much emotion in a, in a touchdown call. Like, I don't know. I, I think people should be happy to know that there's a good chance the national broadcasting crew doesn't care at all about your team. Also, they're watching them more than once for sure. Because anymore, like you know, the Packers or the the either oh, we had Troy the, and we had Troy and Joe on every game. I felt like that's what I, I mean. Like yeah. you know, like the certainty, like Romo and those guys, like they they will call the same teams. You know, four or five a times lot of Mahomes, a year. I'm yeah, sure. exactly. A lot of home. Yeah, and it used to always be Brady on CBS too. And or even those Manning. lower crews, those lower crews definitely get used to calling like Bengals and Jags. Oh yeah, like yeah. they they get those too. Like because I think that's only broadcast like three percent of the country Correct. when you're doing those those like regional fox or whatever like yeah i don't i mean there's still you're still calling an nfl game so it's awesome i'd love to work nfl games someday but yeah i guess it would be hard to to not be a complete homer especially if you're a former player and you're you have coaches on different staffs that you played for your buddies are playing i isn't that why peyton manning they claim he might not want the monday night gig he doesn't well he didn't want to have to speak ill of eli right now eli's done who knows what happens with peyton right yeah, I don't know. Don't you think he'd probably rather run a team though than yeah? You look call at, Monday Night you Football. You look at the damage Jason Witten did to how good he was as a player one year doing Monday Night Football. Is it really worth it? Well, I mean, I mean Peyton ain't Jason. Witten. I know, no. but I'm just saying. Like, say it doesn't go well for Peyton, which I, I imagine it would. I mean, Peyton would. I think Peyton would be awesome. I think Phil Rivers would be very, very good on TV. But as even well. people are turning on Romo now. Everyone loved Romo. Romo yeah. now everyone's done with him. It's like anything though. Like if you watch somebody enough, you're gonna. Grow to dislike him probably well and i think with romo too a big part of that is like oh that guy's making 18 million dollars a year yeah, that's a big part of it right? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah he's making 18 mil he better call out every single play pre-snap he better mm-hmm. predict every single thing happening i'm like well no it's not it's not how it works i mean i think romo's still doing all right i think he's not I'm not sure too worried how many years was his deal did you talk to him about it this weekend i didn't shockingly i did not see uh, i mean maybe i walked by him once or twice but he's out there you know he's really trying to win you couldn't jump on his high horse while he's riding by you <laughs> i don't know what, i don't know what that means but he's you know he's over there like hitting out of the bunkers like on the range which i've never even thought about in my life like hey we practice some sand shots but i'm gonna get plenty of sand opportunities out on the course when i'm playing 18 you played did you play better than you thought you did though i mean i looked at the scores I, the first day you shot like an 85 right i was yeah, like, like oh, 80, shit, that's... 88 maybe 86. No, i think you went 82 88 didn't i don't you? think i shot 82 no maybe I it was 85 i got worse as the the three days went i continued to get worse and worse but i held off what could have been a complete disaster out there in tahoe um but no, I didn't play. You know, you always have the delusion going in, like, man, I put three good days together. I'm going to put some points on the board. <laughs> are you playing? Are you guys playing from the tips or how far? Do you have uh, any idea? Not really the tips. It's not that long, especially with altitude. It's not about like length. You should have driver wedge into you a lot of the holes. Straight. Yeah, you just got to find a way to hit it straight, and you got to putt. It's really hard to putt out there. The greens are quick. There's there's like different levels to the Undulation. greens. Well, was it the pin up. pin placement got you? They moved up the pins on day two and three. Yeah. I think that's what's. Uh, I mean, people would say something to me like, "Oh, well, you slipped on that one. When you you know, on that drive, you slipped." I'm like, "Hey, buddy, I would love to blame it on me <laughs> slipping, but I think I slip almost every single tee shot, and that is not the reason that that ball is 600 yards into the woods left." <laughs> Hey, but it will be a fun journey to try to get that to the reef. Win 600 yards, though. That's what I said. Hey, I'm going to swing Bryson would have blamed it on him slipping. Oh, Bryson on. apologized. If anyone knows that, Bryson 
went out and said his driver stinks. Uh, he was upset. Then the Cobra rep came back at him, which I thought was great. And then yeah. Bryson apologized to the Cobra rep, who I believe is the guy that caddied for him in the one tournament, right? Oh, really? Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, actually. he did. Yeah. yeah. That's because I know the Cobra rep stepped in when his caddy quit yeah, on the Wednesday yeah. before a tournament. All kind of crazy stuff happened. In the Open, we don't have it on. Maybe I'll turn it on here for the last hour and a half of the show or whatever. All right, that's the show. Thank you so much for listening. Again, Pat is on Friday Night SmackDown tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Fox in Houston in front of a live audience. And then the Money in the Bank pay-per-view is on Sunday on Peacock. We can't thank you guys enough for joining us, interacting with us on Twitter, watching the show, listening to the podcast. You guys are the best. Pat will be back in studio on Monday. Have a great weekend. Cheers.